just checking in, seeing how you're doing today, and seeing if you might want to take a little break, step away from the noise of the world for just a moment, and connect back with you. If so, let's take a deep breath in, and breathe out, and let it all settle. I'm your host, Michael Gallion, and this is Letting It Settle. Hi, it's Michael, and I have some exciting news for you. We are introducing Letting It Settle Plus, the ultimate listening experience for those looking to find their calm and navigate the noise of life. As a subscriber, experience an abundance of the exclusive content that you know and love. For those looking to immerse themselves into the tranquility, the subscription includes immersive mini and 30-minute guided meditations, perfect for those on the go or others needing a bit more time to let it all settle. You'll also discover a plethora of bonus episodes with topics ranging from practicing gratitude, cultivating self-love, as well as Ask Me Anything specials, where I answer your questions and topic requests. And all of this is available for you now to elevate your listening experience. Actionable takeaways, guided meditations, and mindfulness exercises await. So, don't miss out. Subscribe to Letting It Settle Plus today to join the community. Available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode, I'm taking you along to hear a conversation I recently had with Emily Lies. Emily is an NYC-based brain training specialist and hypnosis practitioner. After using self-hypnosis and brain training to recover from her own severe chronic illness, Emily made it her mission to help people apply these powerful tools to transform their own minds, increase their access to joy, and like more moments in their life. She's the founder of the hypnosis app Dottle, and the host of the How to Like Your Life podcast. Sitting down with Emily was an incredibly fun and enlightening experience for me. I had followed along with her content on social media, and I was always drawn to how Emily was able to create a fun and engaging space to educate in, and to not only talk about things such as emotional regulation, but also her ability to give actionable tools to begin to actually begin to regulate your nervous system. So when she agreed to come to the podcast, I was absolutely thrilled, and our conversation was such a joy. Meeting with people who are in a similar space but take different approaches than I do is always this exciting and fun experience. And listening to Emily speak about her passion for what she does and even give an amazing example of one of her own practices was an absolute joy. I think you'll enjoy her lighthearted nature paired with solid evidence-based practices, and that playfulness and joy just carries over into the episode. You may even hear the sound of children playing in the background, as she is a New Yorker like me, and she happens to live next to a kindergarten playground. But it seemed fitting, and in the spirit of the amazing joy that she exudes. So... Let's dive into the conversation and meet Emily. I am very excited to have you here with us today. And I first discovered you on social media through TikTok. And what I was really drawn to was your ability to take these really complex subjects of emotional regulation and hypnosis and grounding tools and make them incredibly accessible and fun and lighthearted. And the other thing that I really love about your content is you make sure to not only tell them why it's important, to not only give them the, the basics of you know the, the science behind it, but you also give them practical application. Here's how you regulate your nervous system, which I think is just brilliant and more people should do it. And so I was just incredibly drawn to you 
and wanted to bring you on the show. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. And I, I was drawn to your content for the same reasons. I think, you know, you have such a, an experiential approach to the way that you show people how to bring themselves into um, this present moment. And so, yeah, I think that there's a lot of a lot of similarities and connections in these in these things. And I'm excited to chat more about it. Yeah, which I'm sure we will find out more as we talk. Absolutely. So to start, why don't you walk us through kind of what brought you into this strange world of whatever it is you want to call it? <laughs> sure. So I think to start, the, this world, I guess we call brain training and hypnosis. It, of course, like most people, started for very personal reasons. I am a musical theater actor by training. So I grew up doing theater and uh, vocal performance, and I was a singer from a very young age. And I went to college for acting and singing. And towards the end of my college career, I got very, very sick. Debilitating chronic illness. I had severe chronic fatigue and pain and all of these new inexplicable symptoms coming up. And it made it very difficult for me to get on stage and, you know, have rehearsals until one in the morning and wake up at 8 a.m. for ballet class the next day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so fortunately, I was able to graduate, but after graduation, my illness really took a turn. I went to dozens of doctors who essentially told me that either they couldn't identify what was wrong or when they were able to identify um, some of the issues, they told me that they were incurable and that I would be sick forever. So getting on stage was no longer in the cards, according to them. And I was very depressed, very hopeless, and feeling terrible most days. That was a really hard time to grapple with, being a 21, 22-year-old who was hoping to take on the world and move to New York City and get on stage and shoot for the stars with Broadway, et cetera. And so I started doing research on my own and looking for alternatives to feel better, and I stumbled on brain training protocols for chronic mystery illnesses like my own. And these reviews of these protocols were not believable in the slightest. I mean, these people were talking about how they were bed bound and now they're hiking up mountains, et cetera. And I, I just kept coming back to it, even though I didn't quite believe it. It seemed like this miraculous snake oil kind of program, but I didn't really have any other options. So I gave it a try. And it's a, it's a visualization-based practice. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you that I improved like 50% within the first two weeks. I went from not even being able to walk up a flight of stairs without being exhausted for the rest of the day to walking five miles a day feeling incredible. And it just showed me the power that we have in our own brains and bodies. This is not to say that these chronic illnesses were in our minds. It's very physiological, but the power that we have to tap into our mind-body connection to heal, to feel better, to transform our lives. And so I fully recovered after a couple of months. I got back on stage and I realized that not only did I feel better physically, I was more mentally clear. I was more creative than I'd ever been. I was more joyful. I was less stressed. I had tools to navigate the challenges that I was facing. And I just became, I know it's corny to say, but I came the, became the best version of myself that I had ever been. I became hopeful and I liked more of my life and myself and I celebrated myself. And I just, I, I became fascinated by how powerful this work can be. So from there, I started doing a lot of personal research and reading as many books as I could get my hands on in the fields of brain training and self-hypnosis and visualization. Um, I eventually got a master's degree in mind-body medicine. Um, I trained in positive psychology, clinical hypnosis, and positive neuroplasticity and made it my mission to show people just how powerful their own minds are to feel better and better each day. And of course, you know, we need medical support as well, but there's so much that we can do on our own using practical tools, using tangible steps that we can take to help ourselves enjoy more of our lives and enjoy more of the present moment that we're in. 
I feel like that is a epic superhero origin story <laughs> to come yeah. from a place where, you know, and being a musical theater performer or reformed musical theater performer, <laughs> there is, it is that dream of coming to New York and getting on Broadway. And I can't imagine to have your body failing you to the point where that dream was taken away from you. But what resilience and strength to be able to not sit there and just allow for that to take you down, but to really take the steps to start to heal yourself. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And, you know, there there was a lot of, there were many months that did take me down. And I, I'm not trying to say that it's it's a moment of getting sick and then I realized I wanted to get better and all of a sudden it was great and wonderful. You know, there was a lot of struggle in there as well. So for people who are experiencing these kinds of situations, it's hard. And at the same time, there is a pathway to feel better in a lot of ways. So yeah, it's, it's a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. And that's such a good point because I think, especially the content that you and I put out on social media, there's often this if only it were that easy, is the comment that I get a lot. And my response to that is always like, oh, no, 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 This none of this is easy. None of this. I would never say that this is easy. In fact, it's incredibly hard. And you're just taking the step to go through this exercise, take strength and power to be able to stand there and get in touch with your emotions. And so it's not this, I did this and all of a sudden I was better. It's a long, long journey. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, absolutely. And we call them practices for a reason. It's a practice of mindfulness. It's a practice of brain training. It's not magic and swipping, uh, switching a light switch to suddenly magically feel better. It's it's a practice of showing up each day. And the more we do that, the more our brains and bodies can feel better and better. And eventually ease comes into it. But there is a lot of work up front and and the work is beautiful and so rewarding and often does provide very fast relief but it does take a lot of time and that's really important to acknowledge absolutely so you went through this kind of life altering event you started to invest in yourself and to learn when did you pivot to start to teach and guide other people oh wow so i i learned by teaching so I'm also um, I'm also autistic. I realized or was diagnosed earlier this year, and so my love language is info dumping <laughs> and teaching other people about things that I am passionate about. And so, from the moment that I started learning about this amazing process of retraining the brain, I wanted everyone to know about it. So I started telling my friends and my family members from the beginning. So teaching was always a part of the journey, um, but it wasn't until the beginning of COVID that I really started sharing this to more and more people because so many of us were so stuck, especially in the beginning stages of 2020, there was a lot of hopelessness. And I I started sharing on social media. I started offering workshops and things like that. And it, and it just took off from there. And it was always a goal to share this with the world. I think as soon as I realized that I was able to transform for myself using these processes. I wanted everybody to know about it. And that was always, always in the back of my mind. I love that. So if you were to take what you know and what you teach, and for anyone who's listening out there, give them, what's the first step? Where do we start? Where do we start? I think we start by identifying how we want to feel because some people want to feel more energized. Some people want to feel more calm. Some people want to feel more focused. Some people want to broaden their focus and enjoy more of their life. So I think taking inventory of how you want to feel each day is absolutely the first step. And that determines how you utilize tools that can change your brain. Because brain training is an umbrella term that encompasses so many different practices and tools and it involves mindfulness and visualization and self-hypnosis and laughter yoga and gratitude and all of these amazing resources. And, and it really depends on where you want to go with your life. And so figuring out how you would like to feel, what experience you want to have today, not in a year, not in the five-year plan, but how you want to feel today 
And then identify how you can start giving yourself those experiences of those feelings today. Because so many of us say, I'll be happy when I have a successful podcast. I'll be happy when I make a million dollars. I'll be happy when somebody proposes to me, et cetera, et cetera. And we postpone those feelings that we want and put so much weight in the external circumstances to give us those feelings. And so I always tell people that it's essential to identify how you want to feel or how you how you answer that question of I'll be happy when, and then identify the feeling that's associated with it. So happiness could be pride, it could be peace, it could be contentment, it could be creativity. And then once we have those feelings identified, we can start giving ourselves the gift of those experiences today. And you know, as a hypnosis practitioner and as a reformed musical theater actor, as you say, imagination is one of my favorite ways to get there with those experiences. And so a simple practice to gift yourself those experiences is to think of imaginary circumstances that would make you feel that way. If I want to feel confident and proud of myself, I might visualize taking my first bow at the end of you know my Broadway debut in New York City. And I don't need to wait until I get on Broadway to feel those feelings because our brains are processing imagined experiences very similarly to reality. And so I can give myself the gift of that pride by starting my day visualizing taking that bow and taking in that applause and really making that experience real for myself. And suddenly I have access to those feelings before the circumstances have changed, without changing anything in my outside world. I know that was more than more, more than one step, but that is the, the first process that I really like to introduce to people is that they have the power to create the experiences they want at any time. Yeah. So it starts with identifying where it is that you want to be. Yes. We did a podcast episode a few weeks ago on creating a vision for what's to come. Really looking at it through that same lens of not what car you want to drive, not what job you want, but what are the feelings that you want present? How do you want to live within that future? And then figuring out how can you find that in your current existence. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about planting seeds of positivity. And he talks about that there are many seeds. There are seeds of anger. There are seeds of happiness. There are seeds of joy. And that each seed has a purpose and a place. But the ones that we create, we shine the most light on, that we water the most, continue to sprout. And so figuring out what are the seeds that you want to sprout and start to pay attention to those in the moment, finding those moments in ordinary day when you can experience that joy or that happiness or that peace, and then just allow for that to continue to grow and grow and grow. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And you know, we can use our imagination for that and we can use the very real teeny tiny experiences and glimmers of those feelings throughout the day to grow them on purpose. I really love the the metaphor of shining the light on those experiences. So if I wanted to feel confident or good enough in the day, I could visualize something that would make me feel that way. And there's so many experiences that we have in the present moment throughout our days that feed us just a little bit more of that enoughness or confidence. So I might shine the light on a moment where someone holds the door for me at CVS or something, or or pay attention to the love that my cats are giving me and realizing that I'm enough for them, et cetera. Yeah, I love I love that visual of of shining the light because what we put our attention on is it informs everything about our experience. And so the more we put a spotlight on those things that we want more of, the more we're going to notice them in the future. Yeah. And that's what kids do. And I hear yeah. kids in the background where you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because there a playground there? Yes. there's There are children playing down in a, at recess right now. So they are amplifying their joy right now <laughs> with they're, all of their laughter. They're doing exactly what we need to do, which is Absolutely. just that enjoyment and excitement in everything. I mean, they're yes. probably on a concrete slab out there in New York. For sure. And having, <laughs> having the time of their lives. I and they're that. using their imagination to turn it into a castle, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So in terms of the work that you're doing right now, you talk a lot about emotional regulation 
and as someone who is neurodiverse, how does how does emotional regulation and your neurodiversity collide or work together? Oh, so they do both. <laughs> it's an interesting thing when, you know, as an autistic person, my hyperfixation is emotional regulation, probably because I experience a lot more emotional dysregulation than, you know, the, the neurotypical person next to me. I think that having the practical tools to regulate becomes essential because especially being in New York City with the chaos of screaming children and sirens and Times Square, there is a lot of stimulation. And, you know, no matter what neurotype we experience in our own lives, this world is full of stimulation. And so something that I have gotten into the habit of asking myself because I want to fix everything. You know, I have a very black and white thinking. It's like, how do I make myself feel 100% better? And that's usually not, <laughs> not possible in a moment. So I've gotten into a habit of asking myself, what's one thing I can do right now that can help me feel 1% better? And that is the only task for the moment. So that might be just taking a deep breath, might be having a sip of water or giving myself a hug or closing my eyes for a moment or... I don't know, using the bathroom, getting a snack and whatever answer that is shows me and my brain proof that I can feel a little bit better. And that evidence, especially for someone who thinks very literally and wants to have physical proof in front of me, that that is everything. And I think that a lot of us see emotional regulation as an end state and like once you learn how to regulate your nervous system, you'll be regulated forever. And it's really just this ebb and flow of noticing we're dysregulated, helping ourselves feel as, as good as we can in the moment, 1% better, 2% better. And the more we do that, the stronger that skill becomes. So I want to emphasize, you know, on social media, a lot of people say, <laughs> Emily, you are probably never stressed in your entire life. You seem so happy and calm all the time. That is so not the case. And it is such a beautiful human experience to move through all of our emotions. And I, I do experience a lot of stress and overwhelm. But these tools are what make it so much easier to navigate those big moments because there's a way to come back. There's always a way to come back to feeling a little bit more okay. I love that. Just bringing it back to center every single time, coming back and knowing it's okay to stray. We're going to. Absolutely. When life gets busy, eating healthy is often the first thing to drop for me. And there are justifiable reasons there. When time is limited, it's hard to get to the grocery store, plan meals for the week, and set aside time to meal prep and cook. Luckily, I was able to start using Green Chef, and have their amazing variety of options delivered right to my door each week. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean, with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. The other night, after a long day of clients and recording for the podcast, I was able to reach into one of the Green Chef bags, pull out every ingredient needed, already perfectly proportioned, and whip up a delicious maple carrot power bowl in under 30 minutes. And I felt great knowing that not only did it taste incredible, but it was also nutritionist approved, just like the rest of the 80 plus weekly options that you get to choose from and change every week. You can even mix and match meals to meet your lifestyle needs, including your preferences for quick and easy, protein packed, calorie smart, Mediterranean, keto, gluten free, or plant based. Let Green Chef deliver everything you need to eat clean the easy way this month. Nourish your body with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes packed with clean ingredients that support your healthy lifestyle and taste great too. Go to greenchef.com 60settle and use code 60settle to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com settle and use code 60settle to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months.
can you break down for everyone what is regulation and what is dysregulation? Yeah. So in a you know very textbook definition, regulation is when our bodies feel safe and secure, when we are in what's called the parasympathetic nervous system. That's the very scientific explanation. And dysregulation is fight or flight and overwhelm and overstimulation. But I like to describe it a little bit differently because I think people equate dysregulation with being bad. I think people people say negative emotions, negative feelings, and I like to reframe them as survival emotions. We are in survival mode, and so dysregulation is when our bodies are trying really hard to protect us. And they are doing everything that they can to mobilize us, to have all the energy and all the focus and all of the ability to survive in the moment because there's a perception of lack of safety, whether that is being stuck in traffic or being frustrated with a family member or being chased by a bear. Our brains don't really know the difference between any of those things. And so when we're stuck in traffic, our brains are processing that we're being chased by a bear and trying to mobilize us to run away or fight it off or freeze to numb the pain. And Regulation is the opposite. Regulation is a deep sense of safety and trust. And it's also a sense of creativity because when we feel safe, we have the ability to explore new possibilities and new ideas and look to the future with a sense of hope. And so in life, we move through this ebb and flow of our brains not necessarily feeling super safe, which is a part of the human experience. And recognizing that our bodies are trying to keep us safe when we feel that I think really helps offer some compassion when we're feeling that way. We often fight our anxiety, we fight our stress, and that's just leaning into it more because we are fighting the fight or flight response. And so when we recognize that it's only there to help us, that can be key to bringing us back to feeling safer and safer. Yeah. I love I love listening to you and I love hearing so much of, of you know what I talk about every day through a different lens, and I'm totally stealing survival emotions. I think awesome. that's such Take a <laughs> beautiful, beautiful way to to describe it. Yeah, and it's that like that protective nature of fear and finding gratitude for the protection that it's giving us, but also knowing when to say thank you, but I don't need that right now. I'm okay. And so that's where the regulation starts to come in is when you can start to identify it and then start to make the conscious choice to move in another direction. Yeah, absolutely. What is your favorite method to move in another direction? My favorite method to move in another direction. I've said this already, but imagination is just my favorite my favorite way to shift how I'm feeling because our brains respond so strongly to our environment. And so if we are stressed at work or if we are stuck in traffic or if we are overwhelmed at the mall or the grocery store, that is the environment that is connected to a sense of stress in our brains and bodies. And so using our imagination, we can give ourselves a new perceived environment. So one of my favorite things to do is to just close my eyes and visualize being in a safe place in nature. And it doesn't have to be a fancy formal sit down and and do a whole meditation, but just tap into what it feels like to be at the beach for just a little bit or my favorite beautiful place in Europe or wherever that is. And just play with how good it feels to be in a place that is so soothing and then carry those feelings back into the present moment And the more we engage with these practices, because they are practices, it's not magic, the easier it is to tap into those places. And so for folks who are looking to find a safe place in their minds and want to play with this, I would recommend spending a couple minutes every morning exploring a beautiful, magical place. It doesn't have to be grounded in reality. It doesn't have to be a place you've been before, but 
find what your favorite, beautiful, calm, magical, safe place is and get in touch with what it feels like to be there and really lean into the sights and the sounds and smells, tastes, sensations, emotions, etc. of being in that place. And the more you go there, the more accessible it becomes in the tiny moments where you need that quick relief. So I know exactly what my beach looks like as soon as I need a refuge, as soon as I need to go in that different direction. And then we can tap into the feeling of being there and carry it into the environment that we're actually in. And that will help to create a sort of refuge in the midst of chaos. So it's like creating those reference points within our mind. The I know that if I go here to this space, to this thought, to this memory, to this imagina- imaginative land that I've created, I will experience the emotion that I'm wanting to experience. And then you can take that in to life. I love that. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about hypnosis and self-hypnosis and how that works, because that's something that I do not get into on the podcast or in in my uh, coaching. So I'm interested for you to give a little bit of examples and uh, explanations of what exactly it is. Yeah. So hypnosis has gotten a bad rap in the media, in movies and TV shows, and it is so nothing like what you see in TV or on stage shows at conferences and things like that. First and foremost, hypnosis is not mind control. It is not manipulation. It is, in fact, one of the spaces and moments in your life in which you perhaps have the most control over your own mind. So hypnosis is a tool that brings you into a deep state of consciousness called a trance that you access every single day in your life. So we go in and out of trance every day. If you have ever been watching a TV show and you are totally engrossed in the story and the characters and you're feeling the emotions of what's going on, you might not hear the microwave beep. You might not pay attention to the color of your rug in your living room. You are just totally zoned into that story and your emotional, imaginative part of you is engaged. That is a trance. If you've ever been driving on the highway and you realize that you don't really have a memory of driving the last 10 miles, but you know you got there safely. You know that you subconsciously knew that you were driving safely. And if someone beeped at you, you would snap out of it. That's also a trance. So this is a natural state of consciousness in which we have more access to our subconscious mind. And it allows us to kind of turn down the volume on our conscious buzzy thoughts on our inner critic, on the parts of us that hold us back. It turns down the volume on our rational, critical factor of the mind. And it allows us to really tap into our core essence of who we are. The subconscious mind is responsible for 95% of our brain function. So it's the home to our habits, our beliefs, our emotions, our memories, and our ways of moving through the world. And so hypnosis is simply a tool that allows you to facilitate that trance, that imaginative, creative, deeply relaxed state to offer new suggestions based on what you want to achieve. There's a very particular goal associated with with each hypnosis session. So I often get the question, what's the difference between meditation and hypnosis? Because they feel very, very similar in the mind and body. And the biggest difference is that mindfulness is about radical acceptance and using and channeling your focused attention to what is right here and right now and allowing yourself to accept it and allow it. And that has so many amazing benefits. I use meditation and hypnosis each day personally. I use both of them for different reasons. And hypnosis Rather than connecting with the present moment, it's about kind of distancing yourself from it a little bit, turning down the volume on the chaos of your surroundings or the details of your surroundings. And it's about changing what's happening in the moment, creating very intentional changes through the use of suggestions. So in a formal hypnosis setting, or if you're listening to a recording, as a practitioner, it's my job to offer suggestions and That's all they are. They're not commands. They're not demands. I'm not going to tell you to cluck like a chicken or do anything crazy like what you see on shows. Um, 
It's just a suggestion for an opportunity for you to create experiences that you want in your own life. So if I were to say, Michael, take a deep breath right now, you could choose not to do that. You might- But I wanted to. (laughs) Right, so you might decide, oh yeah, taking a deep breath would feel really good. And so you could accept that suggestion, but ultimately you are the one that's in the driver's seat of your experience. And in the same way, I might suggest that you gently bring yourself back to a memory of something this week that made you smile, something that made you laugh or that made you feel good. I don't know what experience you're creating for yourself. I don't know what memory just popped into your mind. So hypnosis is the container for you to create your own inner transformation and give yourself experiences based on the goals that you have. And it is far easier to change the brain when we have direct access to the subconscious mind than if we are, I don't know, saying affirmations over and over and over again. So if I were to want to calm my nervous system, saying, I am calm, I am calm, I am calm, isn't really going to compute with my body. My body is just hearing those words. But if I were to close my eyes and take some deep breaths and get into that meditative trance-like state and then show myself an experience of being on a beautiful beach and really exploring the imagery and the experience of being there as though it's real, that's going to calm me down really, really fast. And so hypnosis offers powerful experiences to communicate with the subconscious mind by speaking its language. And there's an incredible study that was done. It's it's an old one, but it was a meta-analysis done in the 70s, I believe. And they compared psychoanalysis with hypnotherapy just to see the effectiveness. And they, they did a meta-analysis of thousands of studies. And they found that after 600 sessions of psychotherapy, of traditional talk therapy, psychoanalysis, people improved 38%. So after 12 years, they got about 38% better. After six sessions, six weeks of hypnosis, people improved 93%. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. And I'm not discrediting the value of therapy. It is so important. And, and I highly recommend that people pair hypnosis with therapy so that they have a, a safe space to explore their experiences with someone who knows them. But if you want to make drastic changes in your emotional self, in your habits, in your behaviors to align with the version of you that you want to be, hypnosis is a really, really fast, really safe, really effective and fun way to get there. I love that. And it's about finding what works for you. Yes. Yes. I learned a lot from that, the difference between meditation and hypnosis and just the value of it is so clear. Would you feel comfortable leading us through a hypnosis? Absolutely. Yeah. I would love that. I would just want to say for anyone who's listening while driving or walking, <laughs> there are maybe many warnings. press pause. <laughs> yes. I do not recommend listening to this while driving because we want you to be alert and awake, not deeply, deeply relaxed. So just proceed with caution in that way. But yeah, absolutely. Um, So to begin, just take some time to find a comfortable position, whatever feels best for you. And as you settle in, gently look up at the ceiling with your eyes. Just look up. And as you do this, take a long, slow, deep breath in. And on your exhale, allow those eyes to float closed. Good, already becoming a bit more comfortable. And as you listen to the sound of my voice, it's possible that you will find your mind wandering to distracting thoughts or sounds or physical sensations, and that is okay. Our minds are designed to think. And so if you find that your mind wanders a bit, you might even allow these distractions to become little invitations to go deeper and relax even more comfortably. And so as you continue to invite long, cleansing, deep breaths, 
you might start to introduce a wonderful sensation into the body, a wave of calmness. You might even give it a color, perhaps your favorite color, and imagine this wave of calmness moving into the top of the head, relaxing the muscles in the face, dropping that jaw. This wave of calmness soothing the neck and the shoulders, relaxing the chest and upper back, warming the heart space, relaxing the arms and hands and fingertips, this wave of calmness moving into the belly and low back as you breathe deeply and making its way down into the legs as they become heavier and heavier and all the way down to the feet and the tips of the toes. Good, going even deeper now. And as you continue to find even more comfort in the mind and body, you might begin to bring yourself back to a moment in your past that brought you a sense of joy. Even if it was the littlest thing, it could have been something from childhood, it could have been something that happened recently that made you feel proud, or that made you laugh or smile. I don't know what this moment is for you, but you'll know. A small moment of joy. And as this scene begins to materialize around you, it starts to become more and more vivid. Almost as though you are there now. Start to notice the details of this experience. You might notice some of the things that you see around you in this joyful moment. You may notice the sounds that you hear. You might notice the physical sensations that you feel in the body, perhaps a sense of energy or comfort. You might even feel yourself smiling or laughing as you experience this amazing, joyful moment. Begin to pay attention to what that joy feels like in the body. Where is that located? What qualities does it have? And as you pay attention to these sensations, you might imagine it as a ball of warm light within the body. Give it a color. And as you hold on to this feeling, you may imagine yourself turning up the volume on this joy as that bright, warm, colorful light fills the entire body now intensifying this joyful feeling, almost as though it's being absorbed into your cells like a sponge, storing it for later. Notice how good that feels. And begin to imagine what it would feel like to move through the rest of your day, holding on to this feeling. Imagine yourself moving through the tasks of the day-to-day feeling this good feeling this light sense of joy and energy. You might imagine yourself handling challenges with a greater sense of ease, trusting in your abilities to face them. You might also find yourself really taking in the positive moments that might normally pass you by, feeling so good as you move through the rest of your day. This feeling will be accessible to you, And any time that you need a boost, you can simply bring yourself back to this joyful memory in your mind, and you will begin to feel better and better. Breathe that in with a long, slow, deep breath. And let that go with a sigh out your mouth. Good. Now as I count up from one to five, you'll find yourself effortlessly coming back to this moment with so much energy, holding on to that joy and feeling great for the rest of the day. One, starting to come back now. Two, lots of energy rushing back into the body. Three, taking some deep energizing breaths. Four, big smile on your face. And five, opening those eyes and returning to this wonderful day. Welcome back.
That was magical. Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) It really is. Those suggestions are so powerful. And there was the complete choice the entire time. There was never a moment where I was felt like I was being manipulated. It was suggestive and just that feeling of like, oh yeah, that does sound good. That sounds lovely. And it really did help me connect with that sense of joy and that that visualization of that moment. Thank you. That was awesome. You're so welcome. Yeah. And that that's the power of our imaginations. You know, if if you're listening to this and you're feeling a bit better, that's because you have the power to access those things. Hypnosis is simply a vehicle to access the inner strengths that you already have and bring them to the forefront and bring them to our conscious awareness by accessing our subconscious minds. And what we just did was really, really simple. If you think about it, you took a deep breath, you relaxed your body from head to toe, and that's something you can do at any time. And then you recalled a happy memory and just lived in it. We have this ability to daydream and live in our imagination. We live in our imagination every single day. But the the thing is, most of us live in worry. So we imagine worst case scenarios. We think about things that didn't go so well. But that means that you have the superpower of your imagination to help you feel a different way. So it's it's something that you can always access with this kind of guidance or on your own. And I'd encourage you to move through the rest of the week and just every once in a while, close your eyes and say, hmm, what's something that went well that I want to re-experience? And it's pretty profound how fast it can shift how you're feeling. I love this. I know that a lot of people are going to get a lot of value on that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. So we touched on a lot. Is there anything else that is in your practice or in your wheelhouse, we'll say, that you are just super passionate about? I give you full permission to info dump. Oh, I love that permission. Okay, so (laughs) we talked about imaginative experiences a lot here. I also really want to emphasize the power of the experiences we're already having. And I touched on this earlier, but there's this practice that I won't take credit for. It's called installation. It was developed by Dr. Rick Hansen, who is another amazing neuroplasticity and mindfulness teacher. Um, And installation is the process of taking in the good that's already happening around us. So in addition to giving yourself the gift of new experiences in your imagination, something that I share with everyone that I teach is the importance of noticing where things are going your way in your day. We have this phenomenon in the human brain called the negativity bias that essentially causes us to prioritize negative experiences over positive ones. So we are way more likely to remember the one guy who cut us off in traffic over all the people who were fine and driving safely around us. We are way more likely to notice the one negative comment we get on social media over the thousands of good ones. We're more likely to pay attention to the one person who doesn't text us happy birthday over all the people that are celebrating with us, etc. And this negativity bias used to protect us because it's back in early human evolution, it was way more important for us to avoid threat than to seek the good. And our lifestyles have evolved so much faster than our brains have. And so now this negativity bias is applied to non-threatening situations as well. So Someone not sending us a happy birthday text is not going to threaten our survival, but the bias causes us to naturally put our focused attention on and amplify the harder moments that we experience in the day. The good news is that we are able to counteract that bias by retraining the way that the brain sees our life, by noticing intentionally where things are going your way. And it can start really, really small. And the brain, the brain learns from experiences. So again, this is not affirmations. This is not about just saying to yourself, things are going my way. Things are going my way. <laughs> it's not the uh, lucky, um, lucky girl manifestation. Right, right. It's not, I'm so lucky things are perfect, even though my car just broke down and I lost my job. That's not what we're doing here. But using and really anchoring into 
the very real tiny moments where things are okay or things are good in your day and allowing yourself to intentionally focus on those moments. So for example, I had enough time to take a shower this morning and the water was hot. Things were going my way. I have enough strawberries in the fridge to make a smoothie later. Things are going my way. My cat is doing something funny that's making me laugh. Things are going my way. This is kind of a take on a gratitude practice in some ways of really intentionally noticing what is good. But what Rick Hansen says with installation is that it is essential that we amplify those good experiences. Rather than just noticing them, we amplify them because otherwise the negative experiences have more intensity naturally. So if we take those little good moments and actually celebrate them and turn up the volume on how good it feels, kind of like how you all intensified the joy in that visualization, in that hypnosis, it helps the brain learn that those experiences are worth noticing. So for example, If I'm walking in Central Park and I see an adorable puppy that makes me smile, the tendency would be to just see the puppy, say, oh, that's cute, and keep moving along with my day. But I could use this practice to acknowledge this puppy is so cute. It's making me happy. Things are going my way because something is really, really good right now, and that is an opportunity to feel good. And then I would stay with it longer than I normally would. I would think about that puppy and that joy For a few seconds longer, notice how good it feels in the body and become mindful of how wonderful that joy is, and then intentionally intensify it. And we we know how to intensify the negative experiences. You know, one little irritation can stress us out for the rest of the day. So this is the same process of allowing one little good moment to make our day, to allow us to feel better and better in the next moment and carry that into the moments that follow. And this practice changed my life. It helps so much with emotional regulation as well. It prevents our stress responses because our brains are more likely to naturally take in the good once we've trained it to do that. And it that's the beauty of brain training. And again, this is a practice, so it takes time, but really allowing ourselves to enjoy moments of our life as they're, as we're living it, can inform the next moment and the next day and the next week. And it makes those hard moments a little easier and it makes the good ones so much better. I love how you brought up the fact that we're already doing this just on the opposite side of it. Because I think that's so true for so much of this is the rumination, the doom scrolling, the, the planning for what could go wrong it's flipping that. All it is is just doing it the opposite. It's, you know, instead of saying what could go wrong, it's what could go right or what is going right. Yeah. I get a lot of people who comment or message me and say, I have anxiety, so I can't possibly do this. To which I respond, you already know how to visualize. You already know how to predict and and imagine in detail situations that inform how you feel. And so that skill is something that we can harness to help ourselves feel a bit better. And we have the ability to use our imagination and use our ability to amplify the experiences we're having through different emotional experiences that are supportive to us. Yeah, we already have these skills. And these are just, these are tools and frameworks based on our own human instincts. This isn't a magical invention of something that isn't already within us, we naturally do these things and it's just a way to systematize how to feel better using our own inner resources that we have. I love that. I think that is a beautiful takeaway for today. So to end our session today, if there was one thing, one lesson that you could teach everyone who's listening today and leave them with this one piece of advice or information, what would that be? Oh, hmm. I would say you have the power and ability to like more of your life today. And you do not have to wait until this indefinite future to shift how you are feeling. You already have everything that you need right now to help yourself feel at least 1% better. <laughs> 
in this moment. And there are so many inner resources that you already have to help you do that and help you like your life. Just 1% better. Mm-hmm. Emily, tell us where we can find you. Oh, so many places. So on Instagram, you can find me at, at Emily Lies. On, hypno- um, on TikTok, you can find me at, at emilylies.hypnosis. And everything else is available on emilylies.com. I am also just launching a brand new podcast called How to Like Your Life, which will touch upon so many of the things that we've talked about today. We will delve into a wide variety of topics and you will leave with very tangible, practical brain training tools at the end of each episode to help yourself like your life more today. And the podcast is paired with my other very new exciting project, which is my hypnosis app, Doddle, D-O-D-D-L-E, which is an app that has over a hundred different hypnosis recordings ranging from 90 seconds to 30 minutes, depending on how much time you have in your day to shift your mood, to reduce your stress, to increase your access to joy and confidence and creativity. And every episode of How to Like Your Life is paired with a hypnosis recording in the Doddle app. So the podcast will teach you how to like your life and Doddle will make it a little bit easier to do that. So definitely check those out. You can try the app out for free and the podcast is available for streaming anywhere that you listen. And I think that's a really great place to start if you want to dive into brain training and changing and liking more of your life now. I love that. And I'm so excited that more people get to experience you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This was such a gift to everyone who gets to listen to this. It was a gift to me. I'm leaving filled with more joy, more positivity, and I just cannot thank you enough. Of course. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you later. I will admit that I asked Emily for a recording of the hypnosis that she led, and I have used it again and again since our conversation as I found it incredibly moving and powerful. If you're interested in hearing more from her, you can download her hypnosis app, Doddle, in the App Store, or you can listen to her new podcast, How to Like Your Life, available wherever you're listening now. So I hope you took something away from this, as I did, and if you'd like to ask any more questions or share any takeaways that you had from our conversation, feel free to reach out to the show's email at lettingitsettle at michaelgallion.com or DM me on Instagram at michael.gallion. So, let's end with a deep breath in. Breathe out. And let it all settle. Go take care of yourself, and I will see you next week. Oh, and it's always helpful, if you want, to rate, review, and subscribe to Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion, wherever you get your podcasts. And go ahead and follow me and the show on TikTok at CoachMichael1 and Instagram, Michael.Gallion. And also, just a reminder that I'm a huge proponent of taking charge of your mental health. And that means seeking advice from professional therapists, counselors, psychologists, physicians, and other qualified professionals. My teachings are meant to help you find a space of calm amidst the storm, but if you're experiencing ongoing mental health challenges, I want you to make sure that you seek help from a licensed professional. And remember that nothing that's said within this podcast should be seen as a substitute for their advice. Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion is executive produced by Michael Gallion, Steve Wilson, David Henning, and Shin Yin Hu. Hosted by Michael Gallion. Original music and composition by Darren Johnson. Edited by Sarah Ma. Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion is a Q-Code production. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.